Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Chris Canty is going to join us on the Goodyear Hotline in 10 minutes to talk about the Giants firing Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator. So I love now that song. It's up to the Giants to see what Daniel Jones is made of over the last seven games of the season, decide what they're going to do at quarterback this offseason. Guys, the Giants have, in the 2022 draft, 11 picks, including two first-rounders that are projected both to be in the top ten. At this moment, I think they're the fifth and seventh picks, if it were to be right now. They also have their second. They have two-thirds. They have the Dolphins' third-round pick, too. They have two-fourths, a fifth, sixth, and two-sevenths. Giants have a lot of draft capital to go get someone. And the reason they got to get rid of Gettleman immediately is because I do not trust him to spend that draft capital because, frankly, he's bad at it. So the question is, if you bring in a new GM and you get rid of Gettleman's quarterback, Daniel Jones, who we can see is never going to be great. At best, he might be good one day, maybe in the right situation. If you're going to do that, Well, here's Dan Orlovsky yesterday on NFL Live talking about why he's so concerned with what he's seen from Daniel Jones. But it all comes down to Daniel Jones and his lack of development or them helping him develop. The problem with Daniel is he still makes the same mistakes way too routinely that he did coming out of college. It's like for me, it's the anti-Joe Burrow where, you know, we've seen too consistently where Daniel panics with the football. It's who he was coming out of school, and it hasn't gotten better. And I don't think that they – they certainly don't believe Jason Garrett's the guy to believe that they can fix it out of the quarterback. Um, Daniel Jones would get you – if Sam Darnold got you a second and a sixth and a seventh, something like that, Daniel Jones gets you at least a second-round pick. We know – I think he got a second, a fourth, and a sixth for Sam Darnold. Daniel Jones better than Sam Darnold. And you should get at least a second and some stuff for Daniel Jones to go along with two firsts, a second, and two-thirds in this upcoming draft. It's a lot of draft capital. They could go out and get one of the available quarterbacks on the market and key. There should be some pretty big names there on the quarterback big board this offseason. What are your real rankings in terms of quarterbacks available to the Giants? Well, I don't know that Daniel Jones, first of all, I don't know that Daniel Jones is better than Sam Darnold. I know he's mm-hmm. in a better situation than Sam Darnold was in with the New York Jets. So that that's for sure. Right. But when you talk about the way that you would do things, and I'm going to start at the top with the number one choice for me would be trying to figure out Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson prying him away from the Seattle Seahawks is huge. I think when you look at what you have to get in return, not only that, Russell Wilson is involved in the fashion industry. His wife is obviously a pop star in terms of singing and acting and doing those sort of things. New York would be a perfect place. It has a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line is intact. The key thing for them would be, hey, who's going to call the plays? Because as far as development goes, Russell Wilson doesn't need any more tutelage from a quarterback coach standpoint. He certainly can use some, but he doesn't need it. It's all about the offensive play calling. And then at number two, number two, I'd take a look at Deshaun Watson. You know, you put a little bit of a, a, a little bit of an asterisk by his name because everything that he's going on and dealing with in the off season, 
but let's figure out what that is. Let's see if it works itself out to a point where we could take a shot and a chance on that because that will certainly not only solve a problem immediately, but it also solves a problem for the next 10 years in the National Football League. Number three. Number three is, a, is, is what you call a dream, a pipe dream. Like you are dreaming that you just won the lottery because you were able to land the prize fish of all in Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers moving on from the Green Bay Packers, although I don't think Green Bay, even though if it was his wish to go to New York, would want to transfer or trade him within the NFC Conference just because, you know, you don't want to run into him. He could derail your playoff hopes, you know, all that sort of madness that goes on trading a future Hall of Fame player within the conference is not something that I would do. But if you could somehow figure out how to get Aaron Rodgers to convince him, hey, you can be in New York City. More people can see you. You, We may even move Jeopardy to New York City for you. That would be a good get. Number four. And then number four, do nothing. Sit pat. Hire the right offensive coordinator in Daniel Jones and and, and with Daniel Jones so you can keep him to continue to develop him. You don't have to pay him a long-term extension. You can exercise his fifth-year option and then go from there with a new offensive coordinator. You still have two years to deal with this. This is not something that you have to deal with immediately. If you find the right play caller offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing, how many times have we seen coordinators go somewhere and fix it? Brian Dable fixed Josh Allen. Josh Allen was in very similar situation as Daniel Jones a couple years ago. Then all of a sudden, Brian Dable fixed it. Brandon Bean fixed it by going out and getting players to surround him, most notably Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, bringing him in from Dallas, doing those sort of things, allowed allowed Josh Allen to become a potential MVP candidate. If you find the right offensive coordinator, maybe you could turn things around with Daniel Jones and use those first-round picks that you have on something to help the team on the defensive side of the ball. Number five. Draft somebody in the first round if you really don't feel like he's the guy. But I can promise you there's probably not a guy in the first round that's better than Daniel Jones right now. You know, when you look at the quarterbacks in in Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, or you look at the Liberty quarterback, or you look at Pinkett from Pitt, or Kadan Slovis from USC that lost his job, or or Howell down at North Carolina, or you start to look at some of these quarterbacks across college football, we all thought that, hey, this guy's going to be amazing coming out this year. Well, that guy's not even being talked about at the level. And I'm talking about when I say that guy, I'm talking about all the college quarterbacks going into the preseason that we had ranked high and saying that it's a can't-miss prospect. They're not talking about them right now at all. So if you elect to use a first-round pick on a draft, on a guy, he's better, he, better, he better be better than Daniel Jones, which I don't think he is. All right, that's interesting. I think there's one more option, Key, and that is you draft everything you need but the quarterback. And that might even include trading Daniel Jones because you have so much draft capital right now and they're already a talented team that if you just got a stacked team and the only thing you were missing was the quarterback, you could always fill that in in next year's draft where the quarterback crop should be better or you become a much more desirable location for any of these quarterbacks who could be available the following year. Or you have more trade assets as well. And you, Right, exactly. So I would say I, I just, I'm out on Daniel Jones' long-term key, not because you're wrong about 
about, well, he could be right in the right situation and da-da-da, but I've seen enough to know he's never going to be great. And, and you're right, there are only so many great quarterbacks, but I want one of them for the Giants. Why should they settle for less? One of the thoughts I had off Keith's list is Russell Wilson. And if you're, if you're looking at New York, if that's a potential option, one of the things you have to think through is, all right, is Dave Gettleman really my guy? Because no. I'm oh, struggling sorry. right now to a degree with DK Metcalf, with, with Tyler Lockett, with those options. And we've had offensive line issues here in Seattle that I've had to yell at us to address. Do I want to go to the same O-line somewhat issues there in, in, with MetLife Stadium, with the Giants? Like, I, I don't know if I want to go through that again at this stage of my career. Yeah, I, unless I would, they address it. I would, take, I would take those top, like you have two in the top ten. Go get a shutdown corner and a guy who goes and kills the quarterback. Like, go get, go get the premium type talent that you can only get in the top ten of the draft. You got an extra second for Daniel Jones. You got two second round picks. Go, like, go stack team with everything you need except for quarterback because key I got news man Daniel Jones is not that hard to replace you can find a dude who's like you know how much better is he than Gardner Minshew or Case Keenum is he that much better than those guys man I'm not messing with no Case Keenum and no Gardner Minshew when I got a young quarterback that all I need to do is coach up why would I why Stop. So go get Sam Darnold. You like him so much. He's the same thing. He, if Daniel Jones is Why would I need to go get Sam and I got because, Daniel? I'll tell you why. Because it's cheap to get Sam. It's easy. No one wants to do well, it right not. now. It's $20 million. It's $20. Oh, well, yeah, but it's going to be that for Daniel Jones in a minute, too. No, in a minute. Not today. Tomorrow, though. Like, I'm just saying, I've seen enough. You know, one of the things that you've also said, You're a fan, is, man. I can't no talk doubt. to fans. No doubt. At what, at Take what your fanboy hat off. No. At what point do you think... Hey, look, I'm not sure we can fix Daniel Jones. You know, one of the things we talk a lot about on this show is we say, well, you know how these GMs or these coaches are. Like, oh, I can fix him. And a lot of times these guys can't fix guys, with the exception of Brian Dable. But we're also seeing Josh Allen come back down to reality a little bit this year. And plus, you said Russell Wilson. I love that idea. Let let me ask you this, though, Jim. Have the Giants given him a fair opportunity and chance? No, I mean, but neither did no, Sam. No, 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 you just answered it. You said no. Yeah, me neither. They, did, they haven't fair. given him a fair opportunity and a chance, man. Yeah, but the he, dude done had two head coaches in three years. I, it's don't the same care. With He's Baker never going to be great. He's never going to be great. There's a lot of athletes that don't <laughs> get fair chances, here, but unfortunately, we group you in a category about what you've been able to do in that pocket of yeah, time. But, Chris but they didn't Canty. give him a fair shot. You, you got... Chris Canty is the co-host of Canty and Golick Jr., and let's bring him into this conversation of differing viewpoints. Chris, Keyshawn Johnson just listed the potential quarterback, like the best scenarios for the Giants quarterbacks, one through five. One was Russell Wilson, then Deshaun Watson, then Aaron Rodgers, then stay with Daniel Jones, and then draft a quarterback. What do you think of that? Uh, I think before the Giants even address that part of it, they got to figure out who's responsible for making that decision. And I like the idea that Key has with going after a veteran quarterback because you do currently have two picks in the top ten in the NFL draft, so you do have a lot of capital where you can make a move and try to get one of those guys over there. But you also have to have somebody else on the other side of that deal that's willing to do that. And based on the current state of the New York Giants roster and their talent base, I don't know that those quarterbacks that are on that list are in a hurry to sign up to come play for the Giants. We know Russell Wilson is obsessed with enhancing his legacy. I'm not necessarily sure he's going to be able to do that in the short term with the New York Giants. 
Aaron Rodgers, same thing. So I don't know if those guys are going to be options for the Giants. So I'm kind of leaning toward where Key is if it comes down to staying with Daniel Jones or drafting a quarterback in the first round. I would run it back with Daniel Jones for a fourth season. Now, I'm not going to exercise Daniel Jones' fifth-year option and be stuck like the Carolina Panthers are in 2022 with a $19 million price tag on Sam Darnold. But I think you give Daniel Jones a little more runway, even though you know he's probably not your guy long-term, and you give your organization an opportunity to figure out what the hierarchy should be in terms of your general manager-head coach combo. Yeah, I agree with that. How how hot is the seat on Joe Judge now that one domino for the most part has fallen with Jason Garrett out? Is this just a take a look and let's see? Because you know how it goes, Canty. Just because we fire one or two coaches don't mean we can't be gone at the end of the season. Uh, T, I, I think it should be hot. I, I, I think it should be seven circle of hell hot. Like that that's where it should be with Joe Judge because the reality is, as our former head coach used to say, you are what your record says you are. And Joe Judge is a head coach that loses twice as much as he wins. Mm. And I'm not falling for it anymore. We saw the second half of last year because they went 5-3 and three in the final eight, and we were saying, okay, the head coach seems like he's building towards something. And then you look at how the Giants started this season, and the reality is that it's, it's not good enough. Like, from a player development standpoint, I don't see the growth with the young guys that Dave Gettleman has given them. Now, you can criticize the general manager, but also when it comes to the production on the field, the product on the field, the lack of an identity, you have to put that on the head coach. I'm sorry, Daniel Jones hasn't grown as a quarterback in the last two years. As a matter of fact, you can make an argument that he's regressed. The best, two, the best year he had was his rookie year. So – I I'm not sold on Joe Judge being the guy. And furthermore, I know it's time for Dave Gettleman to go. So I think if you're going to hire a new general manager, you do the right thing like a functional organization would, and you allow that general manager to decide who his head coach is going to be. Chris, this Max, I want to say this real quick. I know the Giants are resistant to doing that because they don't want to be in this cycle of hiring and firing coaches every two years. But why stay with the head coach that's proven nothing for the sake of consistency? That makes no sense. I, I, I'll, get, I'll do one better. Mara has to take himself out of the loop because he's, not, he's made bad decision after bad decision in terms of who he's hired. He, like the game has passed him by or something. Let, let me tell you something. Gettleman, it's time to evaluate, was a bad hire at the time. Most people, most Giants fans are like, uh, I don't know about this. This doesn't look too good to me. And he's been a... An unmitigated disaster as a GM. The Giants have not spent a day above 500 in five years. I know that predates Gettleman, but he's had plenty of time to fix it. He has failed. Utter failure as a GM for the Giants. They got to find a new guy. But but how are they going to find the right guy if Mar is involved in these decisions? Then he's done nothing but make mistakes. Well, Max, he's got to have some awareness, right? Like, Dave Gettleman has been on the job since the end of 2017, and even before the Giants fired Jerry Reese, I, I knew they were going to hire Dave Gettleman, who was then at, down in Carolina. I knew that was going to be the decision because Dave Gettleman had spent time in the organization. He knew how Jerry Reese worked. He knew how only records he tried to build it. He understood Giants' DNA. But more importantly, he was going to be amenable to the owner being involved with some of these high-level decisions. And the one that sticks out in my mind, Max, is when you're a double-digit loss team and you decide 
that you're going to run it back with the quarterback that we knew was at the end of his career in Eli Manning, even though he was a legend, and you had the second overall pick in a quarterback-rich draft, instead of making the decision to go with Josh Allen or to go with Lamar Jackson or one of those other quarterbacks and see if you could develop him, you decided that you wanted to take a running back with the second overall pick. Now, I know a lot of people want to pin that on Dave Gettleman, but don't think for a minute that ownership wasn't involved in making that decision and trying to give a legend with their franchise an opportunity to you know, capture some magic in the twilight of his career. That was the beginning of a failed rebuild that is going to lead to the Giants having five consecutive double-digit loss seasons and seven of the last eight. Oh. Ownership has to wear that. They tried to spin their way out of it in free agency this offseason, and it hadn't worked. So at this point, you got to tear it all down. Chris, speaking- and ownership has to allow whoever's the next general manager the autonomy to do that. Speaking of trying to capture some magic, potentially trying to capture some magic, how confident are you that Zach Wilson can be a good quarterback for the Jets and the franchise quarterback for the future? I'm not confident because the Jets haven't proven that they can develop a franchise quarterback, Jay. Tell, tell me the last franchise quarterback that the Jets have developed. Right. We're we going to say it's Chad Pennington? The Parcells years? I mean, maybe. I mean, beyond that, you got to go back to Joe Willie. So, yeah, I, I'm not confident at all. We saw what happened with Sam Donald in his three years here now based on how things have unfolded in Carolina. I don't know if we can blame all of that on Adam Gates and the Jets because the kid gives the ball away to the other team like it's going out of style. But I, I don't feel confident that the Jets can do it. And the controversy over the last three weeks with Zach Wilson not being ready and then Mike White, playing well, then has a bad performance, then you start Joe Flacco. Then you, you decide, oh, we're going to go back to Zach Wilson, but Joe Flacco, because he's unvaccinated, has COVID, and now him and Mike White are potentially out, so you've got to use Josh Johnson. It just doesn't seem like there's any semblance of a plan in terms of how you want to manage your quarterback room, and that goes back all the way to the offseason when they made the decision to move on from Sam Donald. You should have brought a veteran quarterback in, then to have a presence around a young kid to help him develop properly. They didn't do that. So, yeah, Jay, I'm not confident that Zach Wilson can develop in the franchise quarterback. It has nothing to do with Zach Wilson's talent. It has everything to do with the dysfunction of the Jets. And Canty, obviously the Cowboys took a, a light L against the Kansas City Chiefs this past weekend. And, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned with it, and I'm sure you're not, based on, you know, several players, key players not in the starting lineup. But is this a Super Bowl or bust year for Jerry and the Cowboys? Uh, I'm not going to say it's a Super Bowl or bust year, but they've got a window of about two or three seasons while they can keep the band together under the salary cap in order to make it happen. And this feels like it's a prime opportunity just because the other teams in your division aren't quite there yet. The Cowboys have a clear path to the NFC East title. So you want to take full advantage of that, take full advantage of having a weak division, and take advantage of having one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the National Football League in Dak Prescott. So, yeah, I think this is a year that you've got to try to capitalize on it. The one thing I will say, though, is a little bit of a concern is that offensive line and their health. Those guys have been banged up, guys in and out of the lineup the entire year whether it's Lyle Collins dealing with the suspension or Zach Barton early on, now Tyron Smith. Like that offensive line has to stay healthy down the stretch if the Cowboys are going to have any chance because what happened on Sunday in Arrowhead, 
the defensive line for the Chiefs, and specifically Frank Clark and Chris Jones, wrecked the game for the Dallas offense. And it's hard to have an explosive offense, a dominant offense, if you can't win up front. So that's my biggest concern for the Cowboys down the stretch. But the cure-all is they got a lot of NFC East opponents. By my count, they've got four NFC East games in their final seven. So they'll be all right. They'll have plenty of time to get right. Yeah, I Here's here's the headline for me. You got to get rid of Gettleman. Got to get the Giants. Got to get rid of Gettleman. Chris, Chris, let me tell you something. After he drafted Daniel Jones, now he's going to go. He got drafted a mediocre quarterback. He reached for. Then he drafted the left tackle, also a reach, Andrew Thomas. By the way, he drafted a, a running back. You mentioned second overall, Saquon Barkley. You could have had Quentin Nelson and Nick Chubb in that draft. You could have had Justin Herbert instead of Andrew Thomas. Like, they just they, they take mediocrity what, what, instead what of c- greatness. What city, what city are you from, Max? New York City. Oh, okay. That's right. But this is – But, Max, Max, get, Max. Yeah, Max been a disaster. I got to ask the questions. Yeah. Max, Max, if they're firing Dave Gettleman, that means they're firing Joe Judge too, right? Maybe. I mean, probably. We'll see what the next GM wants. Okay. You got to be like okay. the problem with the Giants and Mara is they are. Remember what you said earlier about you know he understood the Giants DNA. The Giants DNA. I don't mind a conservative organization. Nothing wrong with that. Looking back to what has worked, right? But they are reflexively conservative. They they seem to make hires based on who gives Mara the feeling of the old days. Because Gettleman, it was obvious was a bad hire at the time. It was obvious the game had passed him by if he ever fully comprehended it. Like it was obvious at the time this will be a disaster. Three four years in, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Chris Canty's not. Yeah, a disaster. I mean, Giants Giant DNA is losing, Max. It's unreal. That's what it is. Since the twenty since the twenty thirteen season, they've had one winning season. It's unreal. That's it. It's unreal. We're the Jets all of a sudden. All right. That's Chris Canty on the Goodyear Hotline. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, CC. All right. Later on. All right, boss. Number one versus number two, but a Hall of Famer stole the show. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Keyshawn J. Willemax, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst. <sighs> what up, SG? With us now. Good morning, Seth. What's up, J. Will? What's up, Keish? Maxie, what's happening, brother? Coach, you just, Coach, you are, on? Hey, Seth, are you just walking in through the casino? Wait a second. Okay, Key, I got work to do. I don't mess with gambling. Like, here's the deal. You can see all these big buildings here in Las Vegas. You know why mm-hmm. they build them? Because a bunch of people like me think they can gamble. No, I'm not all about that. I'm here to watch games. They will know. <laughs> I got no life. Locked in. Notes on notes on notes. 
So, Seth, I got to tell you, last night I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm, say, I'm saying, damn, is Gonzaga that much better than UCLA? Like, is that gap that big like I saw last night? You know, in that moment in time it was, Jay Will. I mean, you know, like each game has its own identity, Jay, and you know that. I mean, they could play tomorrow and it could be a different result. But when I watched Gonzaga yesterday, here's what I saw that was different. All right, their defense was terrific. They were up and into people. They took UCLA out of anything they wanted to do. And then they have rim protection. I mean, Chet Holmgren, if he doesn't block a shot, he changes a shot. And when he blocks a shot, it initiates their fast break. I think UCLA did a couple things. So shot selection wasn't good early. And you know what? A bad shot is basically initiates the other team's transition game. And, uh, you know, their inability to get a good shot, the shots they took, they shot took shots with poor floor balance. And it created scoring opportunities. Transition game for Gonzaga is ridiculous. I mean, and Miles Johnson, unfortunately, no Cody Riley. Miles Johnson's inability to change ends to the floor. Uh, he did a poor job of corralling the basketball, keeping it in front. So, yeah, Gonzaga is really, really good in this moment of time. But you know what? They better be really good on Friday because Duke actually matches up better with Gonzaga than UCLA does. Coach, you know you know where I'm going with this in this Gonzaga deal, right? Every year, and I know Mark Few is a great coach and, and you know, well-coveted every year by other programs, but every year we have this conversation about Gonzaga being able to finish the deal in the end, and yet they've not been able to do it despite running through the regular season. Could this be the year for them, though? Yeah, I mean, look, Key, I mean, I think three teams have separated themselves early in the season. I think uh, Gonzaga's one of them, Duke's been one of them, and Purdue's been one of them. Uh, they're a more complete team. It's crazy. They lost three guys to the NBA. You have no Suggs, no Kispert, no Ayayi, who was actually kind of like their Swiss Army knife. They might be better. They might be better. And, uh, you know, is this the year? First of all, the getting to the Final Four is hard. Getting, doing what they've been doing is hard. And you can say West Coast Conference. Oh, by the way, the West Coast Conference is very good right now. Uh, they're playing at a high level. I think there are four or five teams. West Coast Conference looks a little bit like the Big East does right now in terms of what they've done non-conference. But, yeah, I think this could be the idea. Now, look, it's hard to win a national championship, all right? You don't have to just win two games like in college football. You've got to obviously go through the gauntlet, and you've got to be good each and every night. You can't have a bad day to have a bad day. But look at this team, Key. And, you know, like, you know, again, you, I watch you break down, you know, film and players and stuff in, in football. Andrew Devar, an experienced point guard that gets you in offense, can make a shot. Uh, Rashid Bolden, an experienced player, double transfer, physical, tough. The Strother kid is, is really kind of like Kispert 1.0. Holmgren is a unicorn. I, I mean, he won't be that every single night, but his ability to defend in front of the rim, and then they have the best low-post scorer, college basketball. they got a brilliant coach. they got terrific depth. Uh, could they win it this year? Yeah, I think that, you know, right now they're odds-on favorite. Will they? It's hard to do it. There are so many variables during the course of the season, things that happen. But I think right now, the manner in which they're playing, the speed in which they're playing, the efficiency in which they're playing, how connected they are offensively and defensively, uh, they're playing better than anyone else today. Now, let me come and see me Saturday morning, and, and let's see how they do against Duke, because I think Duke actually matches up really well with them. So, Seth, you know what's going down in my house on Friday. I'm going to be off. I'm going to have a stiff one next to me, just like we usually do. I got Denzel Washington, my sidekick, my dog next to me, watching you guys in your commentary. You got Chet Holmgren, obviously going to be a top-five pick. You got Pablo Boncaro from Duke. He's going to be a top-five pick. Tell me about this matchup. Tell me about why we're going to watch one of the best college basketball games of the entire season thus far. Ooh, 
this is a high-level game right here. This has got all kinds of storylines. Right, let's start with Becaro and Holmgren. They played against each other in high school, and, and actually, Holmgren got the better of them. Now, you know what? Look, that, this is going to be the matchup that's going to be hyped up. Becaro more physically ready. If you look at his body type, uh, has a lot of toys in his bag, but he needs to kind of focus on one or two things. I like the type of teammate he is. Obviously, we saw Holmgren yesterday. So that's a matchup to watch in itself. I think the other matchup to watch is, you know, Trevor Keels. I mean, Trevor Keels, his physicality, and then the Duke defense. Can Duke impose its will on the game defensively? The key is going to be, first and foremost, it's going to be defensive transition. So that's Mark Williams. You've got to get, you got to get back, and you've got to run the floor. Uh, defense, you can't, offense, you can't take a bad shot. You can't turn it over because if you do, all right, Gonzaga's is coming at you at warp seat. So defensive transition is going to be really, really important for for Duke. I mean, incredibly important. And then I think that, you know, I think that Duke in general, all right, uh, I think Theo Johns is going to be a very big player in this game because I think as a low post defender, as a low post defender, a guy that can move his feet, having 10 fouls in the front court to deal with Timmy's footwork and skill level is going to be really interesting. It's going to be a high level game. Jared Morosh has got to take care of the basketball. He's got to make good decisions. But you can't simulate the speed of Gonzaga's transition game in your practice. You can watch it on film. Hard to simulate it in, in your practice. Coach, what's going on with North Carolina right now? And one, of, one of these teams, preseason, they gotta, thought they were going to yeah, be different. They question, just, it's been so well. different, man. Yeah, here, here's the thing. I'm not going to overreact to the first, you know, six games of the season. Uh yeah, they're playing differently. I, look, look at this. And, Jay, well, you played against Carolina a zillion times. Carolina's always been a great offensive rebounding team. They're not offensive rebounding the basketball. Defensively, they're not, they're not disrupting you. you the, the offense doesn't feel them. They're not taking anything away from you. Uh, and I think that's the biggest concern. Uh, rebounding the ball and commit, committing defensively. You know, Caleb Love's been better. R.J. Davis has been better. Uh, you know, they're playing more four out, four round one. It's like kind of like college basketball's new offense. It's uh, four round one, spread offense, triple handoff, high spread ball screen, dive back out of the rim, playoff penetration. They got a guard, and they and impact the ball with pressure and make make the ball feel uncomfortable. Like they let the ball move side to side. They don't take anything away defensively. Until they do that, there's a concern. And then offensively, they just got to share the ball a little bit better. Uh, you know, they're really – they're not getting those post-ups. They're not getting to the glass. I think they'll be fine. And I think Hubert – you know, I've watched him at practice. I, you know, he's going to be fine. But I don't like the way they're playing right now. But, look, they play two really good teams. Tennessee is a top-15 team. I mean, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Purdue I mean, is, is a high-level team. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at who they played and you say, look, if you're going to play good teams in preseason – you're going to lose some games. You know, everyone says, well, I wanted to play a good schedule. And then when that team loses a couple of games, fans lose their minds. I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back uh, and look at this team and say, all right, this is the baseline. You know, look, it's November. It's the baseline of where a team is. It's not where a team is. It's where a team's going. They're going to have opportunities to enhance their resume. Those losses don't hurt them. They're not a Final Four team, but I think that they will continue to get better and they're better than they're playing. Seth, Seth Greenberg, ESPN College basketball analyst, co-host of Bald Men on Campus podcast. Coach, thanks a million for joining, as always. All right, SG. 
Max, you, you got a good head of lettuce. I'm not sure we can have you on the show. Your hair is going back on defense. Jay, well, you're a member of the club. Yes. I fit in perfectly <laughs> you start, Yeah, you're young starting age. to get there, Jay. It's creeping, <laughs> mine's creeping back a little bit along. You're good. Yeah, but I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's one thing I can't. Okay, you, you and Key get all the athletic ability in the world, and uh, I get to keep my hair for an extra couple days. I'd, I'd take the trade if I were you. One option for the Giants, a quarterback that we haven't thought of yet, but somebody else has. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers podcast. Dennis in Delaware, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy uh, Thanksgiving. I'm from, a, I'm from an Italian family, so we always have a tray of lasagna on the table no matter what holiday, mm-hmm. and... Uh, we, we can never have the TV on during Thanksgiving meals, so we always time dinner right after the Detroit game and before the Dallas game. Anyway, I like Jimmy Garoppolo coming to the Giants. Uh, he's only 30 years. They're going to hand the reins to Trey Lance out there. Jimmy has a big contract that the Giants will have to eat, but, uh, you know, you send Daniel Jones out to Frisco, eat some of their contract, and I think at 30 years old, and two years removed from being a Super Bowl quarterback, I think he'd be a wonderful fit for the New York Giants. And, you know, his wife is in media, too. Uh, I don't know what you guys thought about that. I think he'd be a really good fit. Oh, I didn't know he was married. <laughs> Key, what you think about Jimmy G on the Giants? I think it would be a good situation, but they could probably do better. Um, he's a good quarterback. I like Jimmy G. People don't like him for whatever reason, but – I think he's a good quarterback. So I like it be because you don't have the to... weapons that we got. Yeah, I don't. I manage those. He's a yeah. good game, game manager. manager. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, and also, if you can get a good haul for Daniel Jones, you flip him. If not, you keep him, and you have you know two reasonable quarterbacks. But the main thing is it allows you to use all the draft capital you accumulated in the Justin Fields de- in the eleventh slot deal that you traded out of with the Bears. Jimmy G is not going to a team. A Jimmy G's not, Jimmy team. G is not going to a team to be in a quarterback competition. So, 
Well, then That's flip Daniel Jones. Like, Daniel Jones, at his best, may never be as good as Jimmy G has been at his best. And you can get Jimmy, Jimmy G for G peanuts right now. Jimmy G to the Super Bowl, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. Ken and Compton, you're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? What you got, what you got yeah, Ken? we got you, baby. Yo, yo, Kenny Ken from Compton. I wanted to jump in because I, I watch your show religiously. Uh, you guys are bomb. Um, and I, I, I saw Jay Will's face when we were talking about uh, the yams and, and, and all of that. My mom is from Louisiana, Shreveport. And um, candy yams, uh, you know, there's a lot of sugar on those. And then I saw Max, and he's like, no, sweet potatoes are a little different. And, and, and I agree with all of that. Uh, it, 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 and it's cultural. And, and, and it's what you like and what you're about. Uh, but then I also like Keyshawn, and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring some beef to the table instead of the poultry. And so uh, I just love you guys' banter and, and all that you guys bring to the table, man. You guys are, you guys are right on. Uh, and, 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 and the way that you guys, uh, you know, bounce back and forth with uh, your your banter and all of that, it's it's just great. Uh, I see you in the morning before I go into work, and then I listen to you as I'm driving into work. Portable so I show. I appreciate you all. I'm sorry? It's a portable show. You can turn on the TV. You don't have to turn it off. You just hop in the car. Keep it, keep it going. There it is. Ken and Compton. Appreciate that, Ken. Lots of praise. Man, for Ken made show. me hungry. Talking about, we're talking about beef tenderloins. We're talking about candy yams. Megan no, in Detroit. No, no, no. Try tip. Try tip. Sorry. Deep fried turkey. Megan in Detroit has something to say about your Thanksgiving, Jay. Hi, Jay. I love the show you are. I'm eating dinner with Jay because I'm like Junon. I don't like macaroni and cheese. Mm. I don't right. get what's the objection to, to Williams macaroni house. and cheese. Do you like, yeah, I can't have I can't have Megan over my house. I'm sorry. Megan, <laughs> mm. Me, what's your what's your objection? I don't know what's wrong with you, girl. What's your objection to macaroni and cheese? Do you not like noodles or do you not like cheese? I like noodles. I'm not a fan of cheese. Oh, okay. 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 Well, well, see, that's yeah. okay. Well, then if you don't like, if, like you know, if you don't enjoy certain things, I get it. I understand. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. I understand. Nothing wrong with that. But you might be the only person in your family that don't like it. I mean, mac and cheese. I am. <laughs> See, come on now. Jay, I know. I'll bring, Jay, I'll bring the Hennessy privilege. Yeah, and you, and you from Detroit. You ain't eating no macaroni and cheese. You. And you from Detroit. You oh. probably See, now you'll scare me if I ask you, do you like collard greens? And you said, no, you might scare me then. You like collard greens? Oh, she did. Oh, let, oh, me okay. tell you, let me tell you something, Key. Man, Emmanuel Stewart, one of the greatest trainers in the history of boxing, you know, head trainer of the Kronk Gym, famously in Detroit, and a colleague of mine at HBO. To pick me up from the Detroit airport, Gold Rolls Royce, take me to the soul food spots in in Detroit. Detroit, let me tell you, people from Detroit know something about food. Anthony in Queens, you're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. You know, as a big Giant fan, I I couldn't be more disappointed. I, I, I did have slight hopes of this year being at least maybe knocking on a wild card door. We just gotta, we just gotta cut the head off of the snake and start over altogether. I'm talking Facts. about getting rid of Gettleman. Mm-hmm. Gettleman, you can when you're gone, take. Let's start fresh. We're gonna have two 
possibly top eight picks, Bears and ours. And I just don't trust either one of those guys. The yeah. Giants have the same problem the Yankees have. Talent development. Oh, we, we, we hold on. The Giants wish they were the Yankees. Chill. If, if the Giants had Yankees success of recent years, we'd be psyched as Giants fans. The Giants will be okay. They just got to figure it out and get it together. Let's grab Tate in Dallas real quick. Dr. Keyshawn, give me the damn ball Johnson real quick, and I was just shocked to hear you say how much belief you got in Jones as a QB1. Because to me, the kid, and, and, and as far as Garrett's concerned, I want to throw this into the mix because I've watched Garrett's entire career being in Dallas as a player and moving, and then when we traded him the Giants and he became a coach, I never saw Garrett develop anybody, and I think he went through five or six QBs when he went to Miami, too, in a two-year two span, and had some pretty decent QBs underneath his tenure. But he couldn't yeah. even develop those guys. So when they brought him in, and Max, this goes to you, that, that, was, the, that was the most ignorant move ever. And, and again, being in Dallas as a Dallas Cowboy fan, it was, just, it was almost hysterical and funny to watch what yeah. they were doing themselves. But back to Jones, I don't see – Keyshawn, I don't know. I don't see what you see in Jones as a quarterback. One, he he just he shows well, a lot of instability. He's, he's had two head coaches in three years, and how many different offensive minds and coaches in his ear? So you got to give him an opportunity to develop. When he get everything around him, maybe a new coach comes in there turns things around for we, him, and he becomes what they hoped and envisioned when they drafted him. We have hey, 30 Co- seconds left. Hey, hey Co- man, Coach all I want to so say – You got you to stop turning the ball over like that. Yeah, we That's true, but all left. I want to say to everybody out there is happy Thanksgiving. Make sure that you are driving safe and sound and enjoy all the festivities. Yes, Call okay. an Uber and enjoy it, y'all. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving, everybody. Speaking of Gettleman, try deep-fried turkey if you haven't. It's the <laughs> best dish there is on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Be safe. Have a great time. Enjoy your families. And we'll see you after the holiday. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.